Content warning. Tone Deaf is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Spoilers are in every episode, so if you haven't seen the shows we are reviewing, you can always check back in later with us. We'll be here when you get back. Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I am Warren. I am Warren. I am Warren. <laughs> and I'm trying to be less musically challenged, but I'm sure that was terrible. No, not too bad. <laughs> hey, not too bad. Not good. Not all right. But, uh, we do have to have fun somewhere. So <laughs> sorry, we, y'all. For, we have fun here. We have fun here. <laughs> Not too much fun, though. Court mandated. Yeah, so I am being punished. Yes, we we are being punished. It's not just you, babe. Um, so sorry that we're late with this episode. Life got crazy. Life happens. Yep, life happens. So we are back with a continuation of our sentence for unleashing a entity that will not be named onto the Salt Lake Valley. So first up, though, we have another installment of Tiger King Musical Watch. So the latest song is here. It's been here, but if we would have released this on time, it would have been more here. Uh, and it we, we finally have a Travis and Joe and John. Andrew Lippa is back with another song for the Tiger King musical with a song for the late Travis Maldonado, husband number two, performed by Frankie Grande. And yes, Frankie is related to Ariana Grande. <laughs> he is her half-brother. <laughs> okay. I thought what was it, what was funny is after I saw the name, I was kind of looking and I thought I did see some family resemblance. Yeah. But, I, you know, I have no idea how common of a name that is. So, mm-hmm. But that's that's pretty cool. Yep. So it was, it was a fun video. Um... He does a good job pulling off all of the characters. He really does. Yeah. And it was pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, I know that, of course, you know, when they do actually do this, everybody's going to be a different character. Mm -hmm. But at least until then, I'm sure that especially um, he's probably, you know, self-isolating, too. So he had some some fun uh, putting on different makeup and wigs and... It was so great. It's it's great. Oh my I'm, gosh, y'all. I'm stupid excited for this. <laughs> Me too. I am so excited. I can't wait. I, I want the Rona to... I, I want everyone to survive the Rona and stay home and be safe so that we can all watch the Tiger King musical when it comes out after the Rona is gone. Or at least after we've got a vaccine for the Rona. <laughs> Let's, and then people please vaccinate. That's that's my that is my anti anti vax statement for this episode, so that I don't get on a tangent and try to avoid the thing that I was uh, researching for way too long, because I went down a rabbit hole with this one, Warren. Yeah, I did. Oh no! So back to our regularly scheduled court mandated Weber week. <laughs> Warren, did you know? That we almost had a Peter Pan musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
But how is he going to fit Jesus into that? <laughs> I bet he would have been a seven-day-old infant in that. Gall! <laughs> how do you cast that? Do you just have a puppet and somebody voices it off stage? I don't know. So, uh, this was in the Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber days of the 70s, and they had originally been brought on by Robert Stigwood to do that. But they left the project, and I don't think it's ever been realized. I just wanted to let you know what could have been. In a bad way. <laughs> Did you say that that person's name was Stigwood? Yes. Okay. We're going to be seeing a lot of him in this episode. Talk about indecent exposure. Um, <laughs> Warren? <laughs> so, I'm not going to do a deep dive into Evita on stage, because I am holding out hope that Weber decides to release a recording of a stage version that we don't have to bootleg. So is uh, it a situation that uh, the movie version and the stage version are uh, very different? They're they're a bit different. They yeah, are a bit different. I, uh, actually, they are very different. And we'll get to it. Um, is it like the Wiz movie versus Wiz Broadway? We'll get there. Gotcha. Uh, it is worked into this. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Shutting up now. No worries. So I'm going to do a tiny bit of background before we dive into the tale of the film production. Uh, because I, I had, there is so much about the film production. <laughs> it is cursed. Ooh. <laughs> this is a cursed show that we're going to be watching. Oh, so, so I um, deserve this. <laughs> I deserve this. So Tim Rice was actually the one to get the idea for the show. He happened to hear a radio broadcast talking about Eva Perón, who was the first lady of Argentina from 1946 to 1952, when she succumbed to cancer at age of 33. Ooh. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, he heard of her as a child because he collected stamps as a hobby, and she was on a lot of commemorative stamps, but he never knew more than that. Hmm. So he researched and ended up being able to watch the film Queen of Hearts, which was all about her. He allegedly saw it over 20 times, going into a deeper and deeper dive that led him to Argentina, as well as naming his first daughter Ava after her. I, I have concerns about anybody who obsesses over anything that much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know me. I have a lot of passion sometimes uh, about... <laughs> I would like everybody to know that as I was saying that I uh, have a hard time trusting people who obsess about anything too much, Kay just gives me this big smile as they slowly reach over and grab a dinosaur toy that I bought for them when we went to the Natural History Museum. And it is a T-Rex with feathers. Yes, it and is my a, pride and joy. It's a good looking, it's a good looking uh, replica. Yep. And yep. Uh, Kay just puts it up to her face and, and gives me this loving look like, what is it you're saying about obsessing about things? <laughs> but if we had a child, you would not try to give them a scientific dinosaur name. No, no. Mostly cause... because you know I would not sign off on that you would not sign off on that and i don't want my child to have to grow up trying to tell teachers yes mrs whatever my name really is hatsigopteryx <laughs> that's that would be child abuse Especially because I think that's the way you would make sure that a child grows up to not like dinosaurs. Yes, my brother's name really is Cryolophosaurus. <laughs> All right. So, 
back to this person who I don't trust because they watched this movie over 20 times and then named their child after the star. <laughs> so uh, he brings this idea to Weber, who's like, yeah, this could be a cool show, but I'll pass because I want to write a musical about P.G. Wodehouse's Jeeves character, which... We'll talk more about that one in the next Weber week, but let's just say he ended coming back to Rice after that colossal failure. So, like, he was like, so... About that working together thing. Do you still want to do that Ava Perone musical? <laughs> so this was this was going to be much like their previous collaboration, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, or as I have it in the notes, JCSS. Um, yeah. Uh, they started out with a concept album. Jesus Christ, superstar, I really think that I have gone too far. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Kay. You're fine, babe. I don't mean to keep interrupting. It's okay. I'm just trying to prevent, prolong the inevitable. <laughs> um, so, I should add this before we go much further. That this show is not an accurate account of Ava Perone's life. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail on the stage version or about Ava Perone, just because there was already so much. And if I went into a full deep dive, this episode would be like five hours long. So I'm just going to go into the film. So... After the concept album was released in 1976, it actually immediately caught the attention of director Alan Parker. Uh, he was a film director. Weber and Rice were like, thanks, but we want to focus on this going to the stage, not to a film. This will come back later. <laughs> <laughs> the stage version ran from 1978 to 1983, and Stigwood was like, Hey, Parker, want to do a film now? And Parker was like, bitch, I just did fame and I'm not going back to music. I'm not doing back to back musicals. Granted, I would feel the same way after doing fame, but that's because the idea of going to a theater high school scares the fuck out of me. There's a reason I didn't watch Glee. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is fame? We'll cover it later. Okay, fair enough. So Parker was out, which meant that there was blood in the water. And the Warner, the Warner Brothers, MGM, Paramount, and EMI were circling the musical like hungry sharks. EMI breached out of the water, and like a shark grabbing a hapless seal who was just released by Greenpeace, they snatched up the deal for $7.5 million with plans to cast Barbara Streisand as the leading role. Then another shark by the name of Thorn Electrical Industries attacked and devoured EMI, creating Thorn EMI and forcing EMI to drop its prey. So Paramount circled back to snatch up the helpless Evita seal in 1981. They were promising $15 million and a director that you may remember, Ken motherfucking Russell. That Ken Russell of Tommy. <gasps> oh boy. Oh boy. So, the, 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 wow. So we had a little bit of a psychic thing going on earlier when you were saying that I should tell you this is not an accurate portrayal of her life. My brain immediately went to scenes of Tommy, like going sitting here thinking, okay. Like, I don't know why that, that, wow, that is hilarious in hindsight. So 
he was hired by Stigwood because of working together on Tommy. And they auditioned actresses that had played Ava on stage, but Ken auditioned Liza Minnelli. Yeah, Ken auditioned Liza Minnelli, who's Judy Garland's daughter, and he wanted Liza. Stigwood and Paramount had decided that Elaine Page, who was the original Evita, was a better choice. That name is Grizabella. Okay, from the Broadway cast. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. We haven't seen her in anything since. Nope, but I'm okay. glad that you remember that name. <laughs> I couldn't tell you where I was from. Like, that was the thing is, I was sitting here like thinking that sound. Oh, that was tickling my brain. That was that was wonderful. That was a wonderful moment. I just saw this flicker <laughs> in your eyes and it was of wonderful. Of recognition. <laughs> yes, it was beautiful. So. But because of her, I do remember who Deuteronomy was. Yes. Ken Page. Yes. Yeah. So. Paramount decided on Elaine Page, as had Stigwood. So, Russell, Russell decided to write his own script on his own. Of course he did. Without any input from Weber or Rice or Stigwood. Wow. I'm sure that that had no issues. I would have loved to have seen how weird this would have been. Instead, this led to him getting fired. He took his (laughs) Minnelli and went home. I'm taking my Manelli and going home. So to keep from doing any more shark and seal, uh, any more shark and seal analogies, I've kind of had like documentaries and stuff on the brain. <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna just go back into normal shit. So Stigwood is looking for another director, and he goes to Herbert Ross, who then gets snatched up for Footloose. So then he talks to Richard Attenborough, who is like. After careful consideration, I have decided not to direct your film. But why? It's a Jurassic Park reference. Oh! Richard Attenborough. (laughs) Then, many directors later, in 1986, Madonna showed up, dressed as Ava, (laughs) to petition to be the lead of the film. Of course she did. Remember now. We're covering the 1996 film. 19. It is not 1996 yet. This is still the mid 80s. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, did she petition for a while? Like, did this just drag and drag in in just, studio hell? Just you wait. It gets better. <laughs> so, <laughs> Madonna asked to write asked to rewrite Weber's score. Does Madonna write her own music? I always assumed that she was just a singer. I I I think she does. I'm not a big Madonna fan, so Me neither. like growing up it was like, oh, Madonna or Cher, and I was Cher. <laughs> so um I probably was too, actually. Just in thinking of songs that I've heard that I know. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so anyway. This was after Weintraub Entertainment Group got the rights from Paramount and Roger Stone was brought on to direct. So, while Madonna was being Madonna, she was not Weber and Rice, so Madonna was out for now. Okay. For now. For now. So then Meryl Streep is considered, and according to Stigwood, she learned the entire score in a week. So not only can she sing, but she's sensational. Absolutely staggering. That was his quote about her. So we have Streep, we have Stone, we have Weintraub Group, and Stone really wanted to film on location in Argentina... 
Which brings us to 1989. Can I just say Weintraub sounds like some type of gremlin or troll that is folklore that exists in a bottle of wine or something like that. Like if you leave a bottle of wine out on a stone in a field overnight, a Weintraub will come out and, and drink it. And then if you come back, they'll have filled the bottle with gold or something like that. Jesus Christ. Dum 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 my love wine drop my love Jesus Those with keen ears might potentially recognize that tune from the uh If I keep this in it might it might live on in a blooper reel. Blooper reel Alright so hyperinflation and a food shortage in Argentina led to widespread rioting and protesting from May to June of 1989. It seems like that's a reoccurring theme for Argentina. So Argentina is out. And after debating, production moved to Spain and the budget went from 29 million to 35 million. Wow. Remember, 1989... 1996 is the target <laughs> that we are headed for. <laughs> we still have a long journey ahead of us. Full so, of twists and turns. Weintraub Group started performing poorly in the box office, so they dropped Evita. Stone shopped it around, landing on Caroloco, er, landing on Car Carolco film. I even spent time making sure I could pronounce that name. What's the name? Carolco. Carolco, 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 film. God, you're cute. I'm glad you think I'm cute. So Meryl Streep started asking for more money <laughs> and a pay or pay, a pay or play contract. Which honestly, after the BS that the show was going through, I would ask for one too. So what is? Sorry, can you explain to me? Yes, what I wrote it down because okay. I knew you would ask. <laughs> So it basically meant that they would pay her even if her services were never used. Ah. Because she could kind of see the writing on the wall. So it was basically point. like, because it's preventing her from doing other work. So yeah. she's like, if you're going to be taking up my time, I at least want some compensation. Yeah. So um, Streep then stepped down for from the role for 10 days. But by that time, Roger Stone had also pulled out. Then. Warren. Sorry. Can't Sorry. summon it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We will get another show added on to our no, time. I can't survive it. So, then, the Mouse Nation attacked. Oh, God. Ha! <laughs> We've come for your women and your spoils! Ha! <laughs> now, this is around the time that Disney is having the starts of its renaissance. So, uh, when they're releasing, like, Little Mermaid and Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. So, it was after Lion King. Because Lion King Lion was... King was 94. Okay, because I thought that Lion King was what saved them from bankruptcy, and then they were able to so find other stuff. So you, you had successes with uh, Little Mermaid, and that was one of the ones that kind of kick-started it, because it was sort of a, oh, we turned a profit. Holy crap! Um, but we're not a History of Disney podcast yet, so... Yet! <laughs> we'll probably do a takedown of all the Disney musicals at some point. Um 
But we'll we'll go into the Disney Renaissance when I do a deep dive there. Because it is interesting, that whole period in between, because Black Cauldron almost killed Disney anyway. Now continue with your goddamn script, Kay. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> so, uh, they aren't looking to spend a ton of money at this time, because, again, they've had a lot of failures before this. We want to make a musical, but we don't want to spend a lot of money. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> so it, it, they also didn't really want their name tied to the picture in case this, it flopped they didn't want it to well it. it was going to be released under their adult one ah, so gotcha. under hollywood pictures uh is the one that they were going to use at the time because they have you know buena vista and uh miramax and stuff and they were yeah. going to do this one under hollywood pictures and by the way, this is starring Madonna again. So it's gone back to Madonna. Gone back to Madonna. So like a hungry shark, she has circled around this bleeding seal of a show, <laughs> wanting to get a bite. Well, we'll get back to this. <laughs> so uh, they, Disney is like, we're only paying $25 million. We're broke. And then in 1991, the budget was like, ha ha, that's cute, and jumped up to 31 million, so the mouse jumped ship. So Sigwood then sold it to Synergy Pictures, and Stone came back. Yay! Man, there's, a lot, there's enough twists and turns and reoccurring characters in this story to be a soap opera. Just, like... just wait. <laughs> <laughs> we are just barely... <laughs> We are in the 90s now, but we're not to 1996. <laughs> so, uh, Stone is not staying, by the way. Because, see, production was supposed to start in 1995. But Stone was also involved in working on a film called about Noriega that was never finished, as well as Nixon, which came out in 1995. He ended up leaving Evita in 1994. And Evita was back without a director. He left Evita for Nixon. Well, guess who's back? Back again. Madonna's back? Parker's back. Tell a friend. Who are his friends? Parker's back. Parker's back. Parker's back. Parker's back. So, Parker ended up writing a script that was based on not the stage play, not Stone's version, but the original concept album. So he created a monster? He... Because nobody wants to be Parker no more. They want... <laughs> Never <laughs> Okay, sorry. Okay, <laughs> now has their head in their hands and is laugh sobbing, I think. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, you started it. I did. I did start it. You so You opened up that packet of M&M. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so he also based it on a lot of research he did on Ava Perone. He and Stone do share a writing credit on this because of a legal dispute, but... <laughs> uh -huh. That is a great sentence. We share a writing credit because of a legal dispute. Because <laughs> Stone insisted that Parker use some of his concepts, and Parker is like, bitch, no, this is all mine. So, legally, they share a writing credit, but Parker... Uh, still insists that this is his version alone. Gotcha. So he tries to get Re Weber and Rice back together because they hadn't worked together for years at this point because new music was needed to be composed for the film. 
The filming was to take place in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and in Budapest. Now, Madonna is not a part of this at this point, and she wasn't a part of it after Disney dropped it. Like, as soon as Disney dropped it, Madonna was also dropped. Uh, the only person solidly cast right away was Antonio Banderas as Che. <laughs> as in Che Guevara. Kind of. <laughs> so, they kind of have Che Guevara in this, but also not like he's he's called Che. But it's it's complicated, and when we get into the stage version, we'll talk about it more. But in this, they just call him Che, and that's it. Okay. Um, he actually had been cast back in the Disney days and had stayed on since then. For Ava, we had Michelle Pfeiffer, then Glenn Close, then Meryl Streep again, and then... Madonna sends <laughs> a four-page, I promise I will be good, I really want to be Madonna letter. And Parker was like, okay, but remember, this is Evita, not Madonna, I'm in charge. So. I just, that makes me laugh that she just really wants, like, just, I just love that she keeps coming back like, it's me again. Yeah. Hi, still here. Gimme. <laughs> I wrote you a note, but... <laughs> I wrote you a four-page letter. It's like that comic that has Jules Verne writing to Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know if I've seen that. Okay, after this, I'll show you. This is one of my favorite comics. <laughs> so Rice is like, hell yeah! And Weber's like, hmm, I don't know. So Madonna underwent intense vocal training to get her vocal chops up to snuff. Because, see, Madonna is more singing in lower registers, so closer to alto stuff at this time, and is also very poppy, which is different from the more operatic singing required of the role of Ava. So this is good for Madonna because it spreads her vocal range out. Warren? I, I, I said nothing. My brain caught the comment, okay? My brain caught the comment. <laughs> And it said, no! It was like a cat snatching a canary. Just, no! You get back here! And it pulled me back. <laughs> so, Madonna does throw herself into this role. She actually goes to Argentina and meets with people who knew Eva Perón, and she researches everything that she can, and then undergoes emotional, intense exhaustion. That's not the right way to phrase that. She undergoes intense emotional exhaustion. Uh, preparing for this role and then gets pregnant during production. <laughs> so like she, she is sick and then she gets morning sick and it's like, yeah, it just, the, the curse of Ava is just like, no, Weber, don't, don't touch my life. Leave my life alone. Yeah. Cause it sounds like she knew that Weber would probably fuck it up cause it's Weber. So he wants to stick his musical dick into everything and go, I'm Weber! <laughs> Bring me more cocaine and trains! Like, we don't know if Weber ever did drugs. I don't think he did. I think he was pretty straight edge. No, I, I don't believe that. He, 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 if he wasn't doing, like, narcotics, he was huffing paint out of a bag. Like, he, <laughs> he, he was doing something train fumes um yeah yeah so 
production was not well received in Argentina because in Argentina, Ava was a huge fucking deal. So they, yeah, it seems you're kind of setting yourself up. Like you, you better hit that high bar if you're trying to. Well, and the the play and the film does launch some criticisms at her. And it's oh. kind of like there's argument that it's based on a book that was written that criticizes Ava Perone. And it got to the point where, like, there are protests. The Peronist party is condemning the filming. There's a film put out by the Argentinian government called Ava Perone, The True Story, released the same year as Evita. Like, they're, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a very big deal. Um, so filming begins... February 8th, 1996, and is finished in 84 days. Okay. Uh, A 10-minute trailer is released to positive reception at the Cannes Film Festival in May of that year, and in December of 1996, Evita premieres distributed by Hollywood Pictures. (laughs) Ha ha! You can't get rid of the mouse completely after all. (laughs) Once you turn back, I'll... Once you turn your back, I'll crawl up your ass. Ha <laughs> ha! Well, that's a gerbil, right? Kay's giving me a... A look. It's multiple emotions. It's not just one. I think it's... Confusion and horror. And now it's regret. I can see Kay... Calling the lawyer... And asking if... she. Ha- I can see Kay calling Alex and asking if she knows a good divorce lawyer <laughs> not not that bad just more of a you're not there yet god what's the fourth one gonna have to be <laughs> oh no <laughs> so the film ends up grossing 141 million 47,179 dollars worldwide with 50 mil of it being in the u.s and how much did it cost to make um because I said the budget was like $35 million. Yeah. That's, that's, it it yeah, turned a profit. Turned, turned a profit multiple times over. Critically, it's mixed. Some critics heap praise on it, and others call it essentially a glorified music video. Huh. And yeah. You, you know, but that's funny, though. Like, I hear a glorified music video. There's some good music videos. I'm like, is, if the music's good and the visuals are entertaining, then... That's the thing, is I'm kind of going... Because I... I vaguely remember seeing this as a kid but i don't remember enough of it (laughs) except for the song the don't cry for me argentina that is the only thing i remember of this Hmm. and even then it's fuzzy (laughs) so i don't know if i blocked things out you have a pretty good memory too especially with a lot of stuff so if it's fuzzy to you yeah so what were you taking Kay? just kidding um i plead the fifth (laughs) So it did receive the Academy Award for the Best Original Song, as well as the Golden Globes for Best Actress, Best Original Song, and Best Musical or Comedy Picture. So Madonna got a Golden Globe out of it? Yeah, but it's weird to me that musical and comedy are lumped together in the Golden Globes, because as we've seen, yeah, a lot of musicals are not comedies. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, they should be two separate categories. They really should. Um, if you don't have a musical that year, you don't need to give out an award for it. Like, yep, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, Warren, let's find out. 
Is a Vita worth praising, or is it just a really expensive and possibly cursed music video? Will I be living a Vita loca? That has nothing to do with this, babe. <laughs> and then my brain almost went, wait, Antonio, but no, that's Ricky Martin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, all people are the same. We are all but stardust. Oh, Lord. We are all one. Oh, God. We are one entity experiencing multiple lives through multiple sets of eyes. <sighs> Kay has their hands back in their head and are ex- ex- oh, exasperated. God. I almost said exacerbated. Words are hard. Is it too early to start drinking? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, Damn. it is. <laughs> All right, well, let's... Let's go. Yay! (laughs) Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Hey, it's your boys from TGOT, those guys over there at Podcast. I'm Big Tom, the irrational flies one of us all. It's your boy Jeff, the fact checker, the one who always write. Tim, I'm going to fuck your life up. This is Phil. Petty Wise, I say what I want and do what I want and, and it... And it works. <laughs> Are you getting a real name? Nope. We just five guys with the shits and giggles. We got that bar conversation for you. We just always having a good fucking time. <laughs> I didn't know we were seeing lines out here. Fuck it. End this promo. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up. So let's head back to the second act of our show. So, what is the verdict? Was this a glorified music video? Was it perfection? Or was it somewhere in between? It was somewhere in between. It was, I, uh, so I liked it. Yeah. I actually liked it. I was quite surprised. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked it. I would say this is awesome. one of Weber's shows that I like more. Um, and I think maybe part of that is because it wasn't like most like he did he did the music and everything yeah and the music was good mm-hmm. like i'm not yeah, i'm not yeah. going to poop with the music i thought the lyrics were pretty good and lyrics was tim rice yeah it was tim rice um story writing who did that uh that would have been a oh sweetie oh latte um that would have been alan parker with his script that he wrote for it okay cuz he he basically instead of going the way of the stage play which I had a little bit of confusion, and I will correct it right now. Antonio Banderas, while he plays Che in the stage view- version, uh, before the latest revivals, he's Che Guevara, basically, because of uh, some stuff that Hal Prince wanted actors to kind of take on the role of uh, whenever they play this character. Oh, sweetie. You need to go outside. You need to go outside. Mama can take you out. We will... We will pause this, and then we will take you out, and maybe Mama will put a little musical interlude in here.
And we're back. And Latte has gone potty. Yeah. And I think she got herself a chip from Grandpa. Oh. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, with... I was surprised how much I liked this, too. Because yeah. I've listened to the soundtrack, and it's like, okay, this is this is Weber and Rice, which I think that Weber and Rice is my favorite Weber combination. Um, Weber and Still Go is okay. But Weber and Rice seems to be like the... They, they've created the ones that I've liked the most out of his shows. And... Yeah, I only vaguely remember seeing this as a kid, and so my memories as a kid were like, well, this isn't Cats. <laughs> um, <laughs> this so, is depressing. Why am I watching something sad? So so I, it was one of those things that my brain didn't like uh, register it until most of the way through because of yeah. how, how fast-paced the show was. Was this a sung through musical or was it This almost? is a sung through. Okay, because I was like trying to think back on were there parts where they weren't really talking? And if they did, it was just a few lines. Yeah, and, and that's enough like, to be a okay. sung through. Because, yeah, it was most of the time they were just singing. Yeah. They were talking about all the stuff that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe sometime we should do a sung through review. Yeah. Hello, Latte. I know you want your dad to finish recording so that we can go outside and play since we did not get to yesterday. And my poor goober girl needs some exercise. <laughs> she has her big, beautiful brown eyes. And she's looking at me, <laughs> saying... Daddy, I want to play. Take me outside and play. She's like, you are going. Nuts. Yeah, she just grabbed your hand. That was cute. She's like, you're cute when you're quiet, Dad. So, yeah, I and like I said, we are not going to focus on the history part. We can't. Because it's so inaccurate. I, I am actually a little bit more I'd be curious to uh, uh, follow up a little bit to know what her life yeah. was like because based on just this show I don't really like her. Um, yeah. Like just yeah she did some good stuff but at the same time she just wanted to be rich. She just yeah. she, she didn't want to be poor. That was the thing is like she's like I and you know and there's plenty of times that she's talking about how oh well being rich and famous doesn't solve your problems and it's like yeah but then you turn around and you're mm -hmm. like you know cover me in gold and jewelry yeah. and and fancy clothing and mm -hmm. i love to be in the limelight Aww. and have everyone pay attention to me i know i know we're gonna play we're gonna play after you need to be yeah. quiet though we gotta record yeah we gotta record unless you unless you have something to say about this because you did watch this with us I slept through most of you it. You did sleep through most of it. You're a little too young to like this one. Okay, so <laughs> let's get right into it. So yes. that full, full disclaimer there, you may be a uh, Argentina historian and know all about uh, Eva Perón. And <clears throat> uh... <laughs> Do we got to put you outside? <laughs> anyway... So please don't uh, at us about how inaccurate 
we're we are literally just reporting on the musical because we are not a history like history of history podcast we are a history of musical theater podcast and theater like musicals as you may have seen with like when we cover hamilton that's not a hundred percent accurate either also we're covering hamilton i'm excited no one comes out absolutely anyway so this show overall i liked it i thought it was it was pretty well done i was entertained i enjoyed it it was fast-paced Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have you pause multiple times because yep. just stuff was going on. Um, it was entertaining. Uh, for me, absolutely favorite part of the entire thing, Antonio Banderas. He is the best part of the movie. He, he was great. Like, I, I had not seen him in anything for a while. Mm-hmm. I forgot how fucking great he is. Yeah. I had no idea that he could sing. Yeah. And dance. Like, Seriously. Like, I knew he could act. I've seen him act, but I had no idea that he could sing and dance, too. And I will give props to Madonna, mm-hmm. because I, you know, historically, I'm not really a huge Madonna fan, just because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm musically challenged, so, you know, and she's a, a pop star. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she she gave it her all. She did. Like, I, it makes me laugh just thinking about the whole, she sent uh, Weber that... Four page, not, Weber, not Weber, Parker. Parker, that four page book going. Please let me be, <laughs> Ava. Ava I promise I won't take over the show again. <laughs> it just made me laugh because uh, she did a really good job. She She's did. a surprisingly good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, She's in a few other shows that we should watch sometime. I'm trying to remember the names, but we're not a history of movies podcast, so continue. So anyway, okay, going into the notes. Okay, so. We open up with a black screen with credits and lots of horse galloping and gunshots with yelling in Spanish. Maybe. Yes. She's watching TV. I hope, I hope, I hope she's watching TV. Otherwise, some people are having a very bad time. Wait! I can hear Antonio Banderas. Ah, okay, so it's Buenos Aires, 1952. In a smoke-filled movie theater, people watching Che. I mean, Antonio Banderas. I mean, Che Banderas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and some woman talking in <laughs> talking in Spanish when suddenly the film stops the crowd is angry and yells at the man in a suit who has come to tell them why why the film has stopped it is his sad duty to announce that Eva Perón the spiritual leader of the nation entered mortality at 8:25 yep <laughs> The movie-going crowd is not happy and cry and wail, embracing one another and sharing in each other's pain. The camera pans to Antonio Banderas, <clears throat> Jay Banderas, who, uh, looks like he's been in a brawl recently. His <laughs> face is a little bruised, he's got a cut on his cheek, and his gaze shifts around the room to see his fellow moviegoers. And he doesn't seem to be hit by the troubling news the same way as everyone else. His smoky, smoldering eyes look forward, and the scene changes. I can't remember how to say that word. Shivolkoi? Shivilkoi? Shivilkoi? Hi. I don't know. We'll we'll say it's Shivilkoi. Yeah. Somewhere in Argentina in 1926, a procession of people in black, obviously in mourning, march to a funeral. Some dead guy is in a casket. (laughs) The preacher is doing his thing, and sudden, and a sudden noise can be heard outside. A woman and her children came to pay respects to the casket stuffer. Turns out, she's the dead man's... The casket stuffer. 
Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Turns out she's the dead man's mistress, and she's come with her four to five children to pay respects. So why that's funny is I had asked Kay when we got past that scene. I was like, wait, does she have like four or five kids? And Kay just goes, yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Kay didn't see either. So it's four to five children. To pay it's for- like the two and a half children for the nuclear family. Like, how do you determine a half? <laughs> and why would you keep it? <laughs> oh, oh, King Solomon. <laughs> that's awesome hopefully you got the top half I guess if you go right like vertically <laughs> then hopefully you got the cute half of the baby because no one's purely symmetrical so you may it's have true. had the baby that just has like the half of the baby that slightly has the eye just a little bit off well this got this got dark <laughs> in a way that is uh, not normal for our show no, Okay, not. I'm so sorry <laughs> Yes, yes, because I was talking about a casket stuffer, okay? <laughs> Fair. Anyway, this woman and her four to five children who have come to pay respects to the casket stuffer, <laughs> she's stopped at the gate by the man's wife who is like, you're a whore and your children are bastards. They have no right to be here. But they say that in Spanish. <laughs> a little girl, because <laughs> it's all in Spanish with subtitles. And so, yeah. yeah. So a little girl... Who has, who has had enough of the adults arguing, runs past her mother and the cavadier wife. Cadaver wife. Sorry. Cavadier. <laughs> when I don't read my own notes. Cavadier sounds like someone who rides a cadaver into battle. Oh my god, it does. I was going to say it sounded like deer caviar, but... <laughs> Hey, caviar in general is disgusting, Kay. So, okay, where the fuck was I? Um, (laughs) So the little girl runs past the cadaver wife. The girl's siblings cry after her. Ava! 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 The girl girl enters the chapel and approaches the casket. The girl enters the chapel and approaches the casket, placing her flowers on her father's body and giving him a tender kiss on his forehead. Rudely, she is pulled away by two men who grab her firmly by the arms while the girl cries in protest, He's my papa! No, no! He's my papa! He's my papa! But in Spanish. The scene immediately changes to a massive baller-ass funeral. (laughs) For who I can only surmise is Evita. A massive crowd and falling flower petals, maybe confetti, not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And a sign saying silencio. I know that word. That means silence. (laughs) But in Spanish. (laughs) The the crowd is all sad that Evita is dead. Or Eva. Or Eva Vita. Her name is Eva Vita. The funeral scene changes, and Che Banderas is drinking in a cantina, which I think is Spanish for bar. Right, Kay? Sure. Anyways. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Che breaks into song, talking about how all of Argentina is in mourning, is mourning this actress, Eva Perón. She, they've been mourning all day and all night. Che seems unimpressed overall with <laughs> Eva Vida's passing. You have something you want to say? 
I, I just, I remember the thing that I was going to say before I let Latte out was that the thing that I love with Che in the movie is that he's just sort of this stand-in character, basically, for the everyman, like, the every Argentinian. Like, he, he fills in that role of whoever would be slightly critical or be like, well... You're gonna fight for us, but I don't know if you really are. Like that sort of he—he he just sort of is a surrogate for he the is, other side. He is fucking everywhere in this <laughs> he movie. Is. He has just as much screen time as mm-hmm. uh, as, as Ava. Yeah, and it, if it's not showing her, it's showing him. Yeah, like they are—they are you know two sides of the same coin in this, and it's really interesting how like this guy is the hardest working Argentinian I have Argentinian I have ever seen because he has a job at every fucking location mm. that Ava is at. Oh, she's at a restaurant? He's a waiter. Oh, she's at a bar? He's a bartender. Oh, he That's cuz he's the stand-in. That's true. That makes sense that he's the stand-in. But for he's the also everyman. like I it, we were talking about this off mic uh, when we first ended the sh- the uh, mo- the movie. Uh, that it's kind of like the Jesus Judas yeah. in Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. and it works. It works really, really well. well. Holy crap, does it work really well? Like when when you're doing stuff like this, Weber, when you because I even though I don't like Jesus Christ Superstar because it's so depressing, the Jesus Judas thing is my favorite thing in it, and it's yeah, my absolutely. And the Ava and Shay in Evita is my favorite thing in it. Please, Weber. Next show that you do, get Tim Rice back on board and just do something like this again. Or like, you know, like any, leave Phantom behind. Uh He's done. Leave it behind. No more trains. (laughs) You're not allowed near trains ever again, Weber. No more Phantoms or trains or pussies, okay? Well, cats, I, I mean, you could do a Rin Tin Tin musical. I'd be okay with that. That's a forbidden Broadway joke. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, something I was thinking about is duality is a very popular, um, mm-hmm. not to, uh, top, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say. It's not popular topic. Popular it's a trope. Trope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one that I am kind of a sucker for. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are because, mm-hmm. you know, we understand that duality within ourselves and the duality mm-hmm. within society. And anyway, yada, yada, yada. Um, Weber... Is it Weber and Tim Rice, you said? Mm-hmm. They, they, because Tim Rice is the one that also did, worked on them with Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. So those two, they do duality well. Yes. Like they, they, when they work together, they can do duality really well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I was, I did not know what to expect with this show. I actually was very concerned because we have just come off of watching Love yeah. Never Dies. Yeah. I was ready to just write the show off as hot garbage mm-hmm. uh, I am very surprised yeah. I am very surprised it's a very good show it, Like if you just stand alone yeah. just take it out of any actual historical context yeah. and just watch it in itself as a work of fiction mm-hmm. and it is very good yeah it's if just, you think about it from the historical perspective it starts to fall apart there's but... problems I'm actually <laughs> yeah. like I said I am curious I might want to look up something and yeah. see some of the and, more historically relevant and some of, of the it. stuff with Ava like that we're going to cover in a minute kind of leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. A bit. Yeah. A bit. But, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. 
So, Che seems unimpressed, overall, with with Ava Vida's passing. He seems to have respected her, but he's also like, she hasn't done anything for us in years. Mm-hmm. And then he proceeds to give her shit for not being immortal, because that's all that the people wanted of her. And then he throws a rock at a picture of her that shatters, and the scene goes fucking wild. It's like a revolt, and there are tanks and shooting, and the military is killing people, and the scene shows flashbacks of... Uh, Ava Vida speaking loudly into a mic while people look on, all while this music changes to a rock and roll-ish, with Che Banderas singing about how their queen is dead and something about a king. Yeah, I that scene, at first I was like, oh, did they get Ken Russell back to film a little bit of this? Because it felt very much like Tommy in that scene. I was expecting <laughs> it to feel more like Tommy, mm-hmm. um, and it is... The, the mood of the show changes quite a bit. The beginning part... It's Weber. Yeah. The, yeah, good point. The beginning part is kind of jumbled. Mm-hmm. Then the middle is more solid and uh, coherent. Mm-hmm. And then the ending gets jumbled. The ending gets jumbled, but also hurts. Yeah. Um, and But it's interesting, though, you talking about that Che is supposed to be the everyman, which is why he's in fucking every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense why you get scenes where he's like, oh, she was great. And the other times where he's like, bitch died and threw a rock at a picture of her, you know? Yeah. And so it makes sense why why his character uh, can be so different from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, I forgot how much I like Antonio Banderas. Like, I knew I liked him, but I just haven't seen him in anything in so long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said, he's on the approved list. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Damn right. He's God. He's older too. He's got to be mm-hmm. in his sixties or something. Anyway, something like anyway, that. Anyway, enough about uh, hunky Latino men. Uh, back to Eva Vida's funeral, and we hear, <laughs> and we hear. I hate when I don't type coherent sentences. <laughs> back to Eva Vida's funeral, and we hear a spectral voice singing, "Don't cry for me, Argentina." Share in my glory, or something to that extent. That note got a little fucked. Then, <laughs> then the scene changes back to <laughs> who we see. Who we now know is Ava Vida as a child, right after her father's funeral scene. And again, to establish that we're jumping back and forth between timelines, we're now in June in 1936. Mm-hmm. A car drives down a cobblestone road. A man snuggles his wife in bed. And a woman knocks on the window, telling Senor Magal- Mag- Magaldi, or whatever his name is, that it's 7 p.m. and he's going to be late. The man leaves his bed, and we see Eva Vida, who I guess is in this. Who I guess in this scene is on the edge of 15. Yes. So that's cool. Apparently, Senor Magaldi is a tango singer and a guitarist, and seems to be pretty popular on this, the night of a thousand stars. So. Little clarification on that note because I didn't know what it was until after that scene was over. Yeah. That is not his wife. He's snuggling. It shows this guy snuggling a, a 15 year old mm-hmm. in bed. Mm-hmm. They have obviously done stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the woman comes and knocks on the door. Like, basically, it's the, you're on in five minutes kind of thing. And then he gets dressed, well, finishes getting dressed and goes down to perform for the masses, you know? Yeah. And uh, the show. And that's a bit of stuff that's a little bit disputed by history. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Because uh, I did a little bit of cursory, like, looking at stuff. And that is one thing that they're like, well, that's probably not accurate. Like, 
his wife traveled with him. Ah. She did leave... It's the only way to keep the groupies away. She did leave to Buenos Aires with a musician, but it was a younger musician. It wasn't him, most likely, and her family went with her. Oh. So, yeah, like like I said, not a historical, or not an accurate representation of history. <laughs> yeah, since when are musicals, though? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, if my, uh musical from when I had the allergic reaction to morphine in high school ever happened, then the Founding Fathers would be dancing on a table singing about the Wilmot Provisio. So, you know. Write it, Kay. We'll make it happen. I'm not going to write that (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Magaldi is uh, singing for the people and they love him. The show is over and Senor Magaldi is done. He is like a one-trick pony, man. He seems to be all smiles and singing on stage, and then as soon as he's done, he gets backstage. He's like, one song is just too much for me nowadays. <laughs> one song is too much. And he heads backstage and like goes through the kitchen, and he undoes his bow tie and just kind of like slumps down in a tired pile. Ava Vita comes backstage and is like, I'm so happy that a big someone like you loves a no one like me. And Magaldi is like, whoa, whoa, don't get carried away there. And he tries to leave, but he is stopped by a small crowd of random people who are like, you're cheating on your fiance with this child and you're lucky no one has told the papers yet. Which I got confused by that scene because we do see later I think that was his wife. That yeah, and him his meet. wife and kid. So yeah. I don't. So, but I, you heard that too, right? Yeah, like they do talk about. Yeah, it's it's a weird. So I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. But then again, either. I guess they they make they don't say fiance. They make mention of an engagement. Yeah, and so I just put in fiance because maybe they're talking about a singing engagement instead. I don't know. Maybe but... maybe they're like saying, hey. If People were telling the papers that you're banging fifteen-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You'd lose your business. You forty-year-old. Yeah, just ugh. okay. The next morning, it appears that Ava Vita is getting ready, and the guy at the checkout desk is like, "Why, why don't you be the one who discovers Ada Vita, Ava Vita? Because you're never gonna be remembered for your voice." Magaldi is like, "She can't make it in the big city." And instead is like, she should she should just be happy and be a middle class person. And Ava Vita is like, screw the middle class. My father's other family was middle class. I'm going to be upper class. I'm going to be a Buenos Aires Big Apple superstar. And she wants to be somebody. I, I will need someone to tell me because I don't think I've ever heard of Buenos Aires as the Big Apple, but maybe... Maybe that's just a thing, because I I don't know much about Argentinian history or culture necessarily outside of what we would talk about in Spanish class. I've never heard of Buenos Aires referred to as the Big Apple. New York? Yeah, that's the only Big Apple I know of. (laughs) Buenos Aires, pretty sure that nothing in the name says Big Apple. I don't know. I don't know. Could have been the Big Eggplant. Oh, no. Oh, Buenos Aires, Big Apple, because B-A. I don't know. Only thing I can think of. Buenos Aires means good air or fair winds. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Lord. Lord. <laughs> so if somebody farts in Buenos Aires, is it still good wind? Or fair wind? Pause for effect. 
Kay has their hands in their face again and are sighing. <laughs> Anyways, Ava Vita, ignoring the advice of everyone around her, follows Magaldi on a train for the big city. Even though he... Even though... Jesus Christ, learn to write, Warren. Even though the big city is hungry and cold and a cruel place that can't be controlled. After a short train ride transition scene, Ava Vita sings her Hello Buenos Aires song. Like, I'm gonna be big. Everyone's gonna love me. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like... Sounds like she got her way just seeing that baller-ass funeral from the beginning. Everybody was sad that she was dead, so I would say that she made it. What? Continue. Okay. Ava Vita walks into a club where people are dancing, and immediately she gets noticed and starts dancing between different older men. Remember, she's on the edge of 15, meaning she's almost 16 in these scenes. The dancing continues for a while, with Magaldi looking on with a grimace on his face. The dancing concludes, and Ava Vita grabs her bags and coat and follows Magaldi onto the night streets, and continues singing about how Buenos Aires is going to get some star quality out of her. And because she has a thing, she's like, what can you expect from me? And she's like, some star mm. quality. Yeah. It... Sometimes when I put only like the last part of a note that of a line that rhymes in my note, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's a reoccurring theme with me. I'll be writing it and I'm like, oh, they just said this in this. I'll put it in my note and people will be like, ha, he's clever. And then it's like, if you haven't seen it, you're like, why did that sounds really awkward and forced, Warren? Why did you write it that way? <laughs> Maybe I just need to say that if anything sounds odd or awkward, it is actually brilliant because it makes reference to the show and is yep, I've, I've, I've used up all my words right now <laughs> okay i found some more <laughs> the scene changes and ava vita has followed senior magaldi to a house and is looking up from the bottom of a flight of stairs as the door opens and magaldi's daughter comes out to greet him with who i think think we're assuming is his wife mm -hmm. but i thought the crowd earlier said something about an engagement whatever that doesn't matter ava vita is sad and walking away and singing a sad song she finds her way to a bar or cantina and is drinking <laughs> and is drinking the drinks the drinks poured by che banderas we see ava vita dancing and flirting with other men before finding herself at what looks like an interview She's, an audition oh an audition okay Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So this is exactly yes, what I think it is. Yes, this is exactly what you think it is. This is a uh, Weinstein thing. God damn it. She's yeah. called into a creepy man's office, and, uh, okay, yeah, so I have it in here. Was she, uh, did something happen? Yes. Because she leaves the office, and we see the man straightening his tie before calling in another woman. Mm-hmm. Was this a casting couch situation? Yes. That is what they're implying. Neat. <sighs> Uh, anyways, as Ava Vita is leaving the room, singing sadly, a man takes a picture of her. We then see the we then see her in the next scene with that cameraman, and he's taking more pictures of her, but she's all fancy and modeling. I think he also banged her, cause it's yes. like he took his shirt off at one point. I don't know. Anyways, her photo is now in all the magazines, and she has a new, more handsome, well-dressed man. So she's dumping this photographer. 
This is a common photographer. Photographer, because he's a fake photographer, so it's a photographer. <laughs> See, that wasn't a slip up of my tongue. I was just being really clever with words. God, I love you. <laughs> I'm glad because I love you. Okay, so a quick pause, and I'll talk with Kay. Oh yeah, okay. Uh -huh. So we already did this. So this note says, uh, okay, so a quick pause and I talk with Kay to confirm what I think I had suspected, but wasn't certain. Ava Vita is sleeping her way to the top, using people to get what she wants, then trading them in for someone else. Cool, 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 cool. Cool things are cool. That's not one of them. And that... You don't know. We don't know if it's historically accurate. Exactly. And it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, the more that we know now about just the way that, like, casting couch situations happen and stuff like that. I, I sit here and I go, that leaves a bitter taste in my mouth a bit. Cause... Yeah, it, it would, depending on what they ask you to do. Um, so, do we know how... <laughs> do we know how she met uh, Juan Perón? Uh, yes, that earthquake benefit. Okay that happens where the earthquake happens and then he goes to the gala and she wasn't like I don't think she was with anyone like she is in the gala I think it was more of a they met they hit it off and then it was like okay because if it was a gala like she would have had to have she was performing okay I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking you know she because she was an actress and radio personality before she and Juan ever met so not to be judgmental but we all know that people will do things sometimes to get places. True. And it's but... not judgmental. Because we're speculating about whether or not she was using different men to, like, climb the social and ladder. the little bits that I saw, that part is probably fake. Okay, and we are getting off on what yeah. we said we wouldn't yes, do at the beginning are. of this. Yes, we are. We are. We are just talking about this yeah. through the context It just of it the show. kind of <clears throat> bothers me when... Well, I get you, too, because like... you, you don't want to say stuff about somebody... You that, know, when it's not represented. That uh, and just the whole, actively. like, the, oh, the only way that she got there was sleeping to the top. It's like, I mean, yes, some people do that, but also this is the 30s and 40s, and I doubt that it was completely consensual on her end. If things happened, it would have been more of a, hey, if you really, really want to roll, the only way you're going to get it is if you <clears> suck <throat> this dick. <laughs> Um, you gotta come onto the couch I, for I, me to cast you, mm, and then I'll come on you. I, I, uh, Kay, remember parole? Not yes. Parole I know, thingy. but that's that's less of a parole. That's not a joke. That is a me being angry about people. <laughs> that's fair. Because I, I, that's what leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. Is that like they have this duality with it, where it's like a oh yeah, slay girl, but also you're a whore, and I'm like you can't yeah. Don't, and the, the don't thing, try and be cheeky, Weber. The thing I was actually <laughs> taking, rice. so the thing I was actually taking from it, uh, now that I think about it a little bit deeper, is she was taken advantage of Magaldi. She was taken advantage of by that uh, director, director that she was interviewing. Mm -hmm. You know, being interviewed with her mother was taken unquote, advantage of by yeah by her father. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that after that point, we see her flipping mm -hmm. it. She starts taking advantage of other people yeah. instead of being the one to take advantage of. It, to me, it almost sounds like a, you know, kill or be killed kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that she is realizing that 
the only way to get where she wants to be is if she takes the initiative mm-hmm. to, you know, go after people who can benefit her. Yeah. If she doesn't wait, you know, she doesn't wait to be given something, she finds an opportunity to take mm-hmm. it. And it's one of those things that it's like, I don't fault her for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like that type of mentality of using people to get what you mm-hmm. want and then abandoning them. Yeah. Is definitely not something to be uh, uh, okay with. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's one of those things that I'm like, I don't know if that's true that she did that. That's one thing. But if you're trying to purport something biopic, don't add something sensationalist like that if you're going to do that shit. And that's, that is the one thing in this show that didn't sit right with me. We also do know that uh, anybody who is a hero is Mm -hmm. likely to have all of their flaws uh, buried or Mm -hmm. photoshopped away type of thing to an extent. So it's like, because we don't want to believe that our heroes are human. We want them to be accepted. so. However, if you are a person from a former British colony or someone who, maybe not British colony, but who the British have had kind of a thing against for a long time and the British are writing about you. Hmm? Because that was another thing that I kind of, I had to actually look up what was going on in a later scene because I was like, what the fuck was that? And then it's Tell like... Tell me what scene it is when we get there. Okay, we'll do. But yeah, it's one of those things where I went, oh, that's right, these are British people writing about Argentina. Okay, it's not going to be accurate at gotcha. all. Okay, so enough of enough of that. Mm-hmm. For now. For now. Anyways, Ava Vita is with her... That was a big sigh from Latte. She's like, I want to go play. Anyways, Ava Vita is with her new man at a restaurant when an older, fancier man comes in and whisks Ava Vita away to come dance with him. Che Banderas appears to work at every place that Ava Vita ever is. Mm -hmm. And he comes out in his waiter uniform and tells Ava Vita's boo that he, what he's told the (laughs) photographer. She used you. Sucks to be you. But bye. Ava Vita's newest boo is some radio producer who gets Ava Vita's voice on the airwaves. It is more it is uh it is there that Ava Vita finds the next boo to jump to. A military man. Not sure his rank, but I can tell he's in the military. Mm-hmm. Ava Vita goes home with him and the producer gets the same sad song that all the others have gotten so far. But wait, that scene has uh, changed again to one of chaos. A shop explodes and people are running. It's pandemonium in the streets as people scream and flee to guitar riffs. Police keeping the peace very peacefully. Apparently this is a coup that occurred in 1943. Mm -hmm. Ava Vita is trying to make it in the movies, but she's a terrible actress. However, she's fucking the right man who has the right friends to keep her relevant. During this time, we see many different regime changes until finally Juan Perón becomes the leader of Argentina. I love that scene. How yes. it have like a different guy coming out with the sash and like waving and yes. then there'd be like explosions and gunfire and then another person would come out and you just see like mm-hmm. these people on the edges slowly wor- working their way in until mm-hmm. we have uh, Perón as, as the, the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a massive earthquake happens, and we see a scene of devastation, which is definitely very sad. People buried under rubble and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it's, it's a bummer. But it's not the focus on. But it's not focused on too long, because we have to hurry and get to the night that Ava Vida met her future dictator. <laughs> what? We're on parole, Warren. No, I said dictator. Like her he's... future dictator. I just meant it as in he's the dictator of the country. Like, he's the presidente for of life. Her. Or until overthrown. <laughs> you took it there. I didn't write it to go there. You took it there. <laughs> you grabbed it and forced it in. I mean, uh, Senor Magaldi is singing. I thought we wouldn't see him again, but I guess he's here at this uh, relief fund event just to run into Ava Vida and be like, I see you're sleeping your I see that sleeping your way to the top has worked well for you. And she's like, yep, but I haven't reached the top of that ladder yet. I see that you can still only sing one song. Yeah. I love what she what was it, the the comment that they actually make is they run into each other and he's like, oh he like he's basically looking her up and down and sees that she's with like an older, you know, person who's well off. He's like, oh I see that you're what was it? Your uh, your act hasn't changed. Yeah, I see that your act hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yours either, kind of thing. Just And it just makes <laughs> me laugh because, you know, she... <sighs> I don't know. I, I liked that scene a little bit just because she was like, I could see her looking at him being like, neener, neener, neener. She clapped back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, big stretch. Oh, big stretch. Oh. You're a psychopath if you don't say, oh, big stretch when a dog stretches. Latte gives us these looks like, why do you comment every time I get up? Stop narrating my life for people on the internet. <laughs> speaking of the of, internet, <laughs> speaking of the final rung of the ladder that Eva Vida has yet to finish climbing, Peron gets in front of the crowd at this opera hall, I think, where the charity event's being held. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a big fancy room. Just some big fancy building full of fancy people. And he talks about how he is a servant of the people. And the people applaud him. And then he leaves the room. This... This is where destiny happens. And Ava Vida sees the next rung of that ladder. She leaves the military man she's been with and introduces herself to Juan Perón. She inflates his ego and the two step away. And we see her former military boo shrinking away into the shadows, seeing that Ava Vida has firmly grasped the next rung of that social ladder. And it's funny every time, like, one of the guys realizes that they've just been left like they have this look of like oh she's walking away and oh she's flirting with that guy oh (laughs) she did that to me with the last guy she was with i but i thought i would be different like that's the thing that always makes me laugh with stuff like that when it's like Mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna steal that person it's like well if you can steal them from someone they can be stolen away from you and they're Mm -hmm. probably not worth having anyway Ava Vida leads Peron back to her place where the two spend the night doing the horizontal mambo. The next morning, Ava Vida goes with Peron. With some saxophone music. Some saxophone. I... So this is musically challenged. No one will be surprised when they hear this. When Kay said saxophone, I thought she was referring to a specific type of saxophone. (laughs) I was like, there's actually a saxophone called a saxophone? (laughs) 
She's like, no, but that's what they call saxophone music that's played during the time when people are getting like that. That sexy music when you see a woman's like smooth, hips like the smooth, the smooth jazz saxophone. Yeah, like that. Stuff. That's the saxophone. Yeah, sexy saxophone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, suck on that saxophone. You blow. You suck on the reed and then you blow. Fair. The next morning, Ava Vita goes... I did not play reed instruments. This is true. You're a percussionist. I did. I played clarinet. Mm -hmm. Poorly for a short period of time, and then I quit. So, (laughs) yeah. The next morning, Ava Vita goes with Perone back to his place. First thing she does is check the bedroom, and she finds a young girl in Perone's bed. Ava Vita wakes the woman up, saying, I'm here. I'm fucking Perone now. You can go. Your services air quotes, are no longer needed. The girl leaves Perron's bedroom and is like, where will I go? What will I do? And both Perron and Evita are like, not our problem. Get out. Mm -hmm. And it's like really an uncomfortable scene. It really is. It is is such an uncomfortable scene. Gosh. And and it it made me laugh because there's no communication between Perron and uh, Eva Vita on their way there. There's no indication that He's going to be like, oh, yeah, I've had this mm. fuck toy, basically, yeah. is the way that they these women are treated. But she gets there. And, like, <laughs> she gets there and she immediately, it's like she sniffs, she smells it in the air. And then yeah. she just goes in the bedroom like, okay. These out. sorts of scenes kind of, those scenes kind of take me out of the show a little bit. Because it's a little bit like... <sighs> You're making this woman like you're making it hard to like her in these in these scenes and hard to see the oh she's the savior of Argentina sort of thing and even the scenes later where you're having her working with people they don't really do much to make you go oh she is the savior of Argentina like it's it- it is done very interestingly because uh, we'll get to those later scenes, but there's a lot of the way they communicate a lot of the information is that she's very much communicated to be kind of a fraud. Yeah. And that it's all propaganda. Kind yeah. Of like, it, it reminds me of uh, POTUS tossing paper towels to people after a hurricane. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and it's one of those, I can see why there were protests. <laughs> but at the same time, popularism doesn't have to be based on reality it just has to be based on what people believe is the reality true though uh so there are some and it's one of those things i keep trying to say no don't take it as historical context but it's really hard not to yeah (laughs) because it's like no there is a history with this but it was on the magic moving box so it must be real okay like there's she is a complicated character but i feel like a complicated person but i feel like you could do that without being like a, oh she was a total fraud because there were things yeah. that she actually did and, do and i will get to that yeah that, i will get to that. that it's like no she did do stuff and she worked like 20 hours a day <laughs> yeah she worked that's the thing is she busted her ass yeah like, so like you can't it's it's one of those two it's british men writing an Argentine woman. Like, it was one of those things that she did bust her ass to 
you know, help, but she yeah. also, it does seem like she loved attention. She loved the attention. She wanted, she wanted to be praised. She yeah. wanted to be loved. She wanted that mm. adoration of an entire nation. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, I mean, famous people will tell you that, like, you know, mm-hmm. after a performance and you have, like, an applause like that, your body just dumps so much. It's true. It is so true. So much chemicals in your brain and you're just like... <sighs> it is true, but it's it, when we cover applause. There's a great song about that, but yeah, it's it's like it's that duality because scenes like that, I'm kind of like that is a male or an old white male perspective, or even just an old male perspective of oh well, sh- this is obviously what would have happened, and it's like well, they took one biography written by someone who was critical of her rather than going through multiple sources and picking like oh this is this corroborates here this corroborates here well i'm I don't sure know. That, i'm a... i'm sure that they were not interested in telling an accurate oh no recounting. absolutely they, yeah, not <laughs> they were interested in entertainment value i, I mm-hmm. you know as far as i i would assume they're interested in entertainment value yeah um, it's, it's one of those things like i love the music in this and the imagery is good but then as soon as i start thinking about it i'm like crap this is based on a real person this isn't like yeah this isn't something like phantom of the opera where it's fully fictional this is a real fucking person it does make it harder it makes it really hard to cover it with a completely objective filter it's kind of like that's fair there's still some yikes there bro (laughs) yeah no that's fair but at the same time it's like we Mm-hmm. But the only material that we have is just the, the yeah. show that we watched. Yeah. You know? And not to mention that we had a Italian woman playing in Argentine, but that's beside the point. But it was Madonna. At and least she it really, was. It was Madonna, and she really, really, really well, wanted the role, Kay. To be fair, if I do prefer Madonna oh, like for a sense of she looks like Ava Perone in this than, say, if they had cast... Meryl Streep or Glenn Close, then I would have been like. Do we know if uh, Ava Perone dyed her hair blonde to appeal to Western audiences? She did. She did dye her hair blonde. It was well, I mean, naturally I, black. I knew it was naturally black because, like, she's, I, she's I, Argentinian. I think it might have been. It was either to appeal to Western audiences or to be successful in film because a lot of stuff if because you're gonna was, be modeling if you're gonna be in film since she was light passing she was trying to look mm-hmm. white yeah you need it, it sucks but you get a lot further if you look white like this is what she looked like uh towards the end okay so you know she still has features that are very obviously not white features but you know you have to it, it's one of those things where i just sit here and go uh, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to feel. But yeah. Continue. So. Ava Vita kicked a probably 15-year-old out of Juan Perón's bed. Cut to a country club. I don't know. They're playing polo. Is it polo yeah, when you're on polo. the horses? Okay. They're on horses knocking balls with sticks, so rich people sports. 
The scene doesn't last long, I think it's mostly to show that Ava Vida has finally made it, made it, to the big, big time. Mm -hmm. The next scene is the entire military hating on Ava Vida, calling her a slut and a bitch, and saying she is just there to get laid and she should not be speaking. But Ava Vida is speaking. She has a weekly radio show, and she trashes the government on her show, saying that they do not provide the people with what they deserve. Mm -hmm. It's time for Argentina to have a government that supports the people. Ava Vida and Perón are driving, and we see some graffiti. And I know it says something Perón on it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it says. They were basically graffitiing over, because Juan isn't fully in charge of the government yet. No, he's just... just He's a general. Well, that's the thing is that in, in, you know, in our country, the president is the only person who's in charge of the military. Yeah. In other countries, mm-hmm. generals can have their have their own power. Kind yeah. Of thing. And if they don't, it, it always reminds me of the shogunate in feudal Japan, how mm-hmm. the military was the real power. And, you know, the, the governmental power was just kind of a figurehead because the military power controlled the real power of, mm-hmm. of the country. It's similar to that. And that's why you often get these generals who install themselves as presidents is because yeah. they had the soldiers. Yeah. So when they went to go take over shit, there was nobody to, or, you know, less guns. Whoever has the most guns and bombs wins is what it seems like. Yeah. Anyway, so Ava Vida and Peron are driving and see some graffiti. Peron tells Ava Vida that there are political enemies who want him dead. And Ava Vida seems to be encouraging Peron to be a dictator. Well, she seems to be encouraging him to wait and to wait and to wait. And with her radio show, she'll uh, she'll continue to sow political discord. And when the people rise up and overthrow the government, they'll come to him to be the leader. It sounds like their political enemies might have overheard the plot because suddenly a bunch of military people are chanting Peron outside and some MPs show up to arrest Peron. I think that's what's happening here. And while this is going on, the people are stirring and protesting, mm-hmm. all while Ava Vida is still poking the masses with her voice, saying that Peron is the only man who is pro-worker, pro-commoner, and the only one who will fight for the people. Mm-hmm. Under intense political pressure, the Argentinian government releases Peron to the deafening cheers of thousands. Viva Peron! After he's freed, Peron and Ava Vida get married. The joyous occasion is cut short by more political unrest as people vandalize government stuff and slap posters with Peron's face on them. Instead, the Mm -hmm. chaos continues for a while, police breaking up protests and whatnot. But finally, people get to vote, and they vote and elect Peron Presidente. Mm -hmm. The country is fucking hyped and chants Peron's name while waving him, uh, waving at him from his presidential manner. Peron gives a speech to the people, saying that they are all workers now, fighting against their common enemies, poverty, social inequality, and foreign domination of their industries. Some other the stuff. British. Some other stuff, too. But that's the gist of it. The usual, you know? Er- the usual, everything will be better now that I am president type of spiel. And what the fuck is Eva Vita wearing? She has, like, spider patterns on her on her business dress suit thingy. It's distracting and it scares me. Wait, they are they... They seem more like... Now that a closer view, they seem more like 
brown sea anemones. They were like flowers almost, nah. like a like nah. it was a they, they dark. It was they, a black they, flower they, and a yellow. They were trying to make them look like yeah, flowers. They were, yes, they looked like horrible spongy sea spiders. They did look like sea spiders, but they were upon closer inspection, they were flowers. And upon closer inspection, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Anyways, the first That's lady... That's the worst of Ava's dresses. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Usually her fashion sense is pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the first lady mm-hmm. of Argentina gives a speech and recounts her life and how she got to where she is now. She sings the Don't Cry For Me Argentina song that we heard earlier at her funeral. I mean, earlier in the movie, but later timeline-wise. She didn't rise from the grave to go back in time and do it all again. I don't think. That might be a cool plot for a reboot. Anyways, do not give them ideas. <laughs> Ava Vita returns. No, we no. Dawn of the Ava Vita. Oh god. Ava Vita finishes her speech and we see more flashbacks from earlier scenes. Ava Vita rushes to her family and is like, "They love me. They really really love me." She then goes back out to the crowd for an encore cuz they keep clapping and cheering and mm-hmm. stuff. And Ava Vita gives her version of Eat the Rich. And yep. it was pretty good speech. She <laughs> she knows how to play to the populist angles. The rich people in the room are scared, and they should be, because Ava Vita just said that the people are going to take the riches from the oligarchs. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they're plotting something, but we'll see. Uh, spoiler, no, the rich people don't. I thought that the, for sure there was going to be some subplot with the rich people trying to overthrow Peron or do something, but nope, they're just like, we're just going to be rich and perturbed. Yep. The next scene was one of Ava Vita getting ready and then walking out with Peron to a big fancy shindig. If I had to guess, it was some kind of victory dinner or something like that? Like your first big party after being elected? Okay. We get a great song by Che Banderas singing about how Ava Vita has gone from back streets to the presidential (laughs) bedsheets. And she did it all by age 26. But don't look down, because it's a long way to fall. Ava Vita is off to the races, and by races, I mean she's like, Bitches, make me gorgeous, 24-7. I am the people's savior. I am their product. I need to be marketed. I want to be gorgeous all the time, people. Because what? Image, people! I'm not a second-rate queen. Give me gold. Make me an Argentine rose. And this whole scene is her... Constantly trying on new clothes, the fanciest things, people, you know, doing her hair, you know, mm-hmm. putting jewelry on her and painting her lips. And she's just like, and she basically is, is talking, I need to be perfect yeah. all the time, every time they see me kind of thing. And that's where I really start to see the, at least to a part of it, she really loves the attention. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she may be trying to do good, mm-hmm. but in the course of this, I feel more like she's trying to do good for her and and if other people benefit from it that's good too because like the thing is she does good for people but Mm -hmm. it's also to make people like her it's that it's that cycle she wants people to like her it is a little bit of a smart move though especially because she then is being sent on this tour of europe we're not there yet but yes well that's what she's prepping for is the rainbow tour, which is a tour that she did that is the second half of this note that I'm on yeah and so she's prepping for that and if you're gonna go to europe and make people take you seriously 
you have to be dressed to the nines and you have like you gotta be vain. she was still kind of like she was very having to look the part the whole time when she's in Argentina too but like the rainbow tour she's especially extravagant cuz it's like i've got to look just as good as all you fucking white people no no i got <laughs> it's that it's that thing of because because uh the mm-hmm. the mentality from europe is oh she's coming from a shithole yeah she's got to be like no like even if look you're at, look at me look how how much like you i look yeah and, and it's, it's really fucked up how that it really is that but that's the mentality it's like if mm-hmm. i can make you humanize me because i look like you mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you know maybe i can help benefit my country yep so stuff like that and it looks like Peron is sending his wife to Europe, probably for diplomacy stuff. Mm-hmm. They send her to Spain, and the Spanish love her. She charmed everyone, and Peron got a new ally. Specifically Franco, which is where the complicated stuff comes in, because the Perones might have been fascist. Possibly. Yeah, probably. Um, whenever a military leader is in charge of a country, they're, it's generally a fascist thing. Yeah, because the mil- that's the thing is like when you have because the military is very chain of command. Mm-hmm. You do what your superior tells you, regardless of what they tell yeah. you to do. And so when you have a military person in charge of a country, mm-hmm. like it's very much you do what I say. No, like there's no yeah, there's no but or I have an idea. It's like no, you'll do what I tell you to. But do. But like they may have been like like fascist fascist ah. like not just oh military guy. No, they may have, it's the jury's out, but they might have happened. Might have been, and that's why the whole Franco thing is important there. And then they talk about everywhere else, not so much. <laughs> yeah, see, and so that's the thing. It's like, everybody loves her. Oh, wait, oh, wait, she's on a whole Europe tour, not just Spain. And everyone loves her in Europe. Oh, wait, except Italy doesn't really seem to like her. They, they say that her husband is a dictator, and they're comparing him to Mussolini, and even Who's calling and even calling Eva Vita a whore. Oh well, at least she got some some nice home. She got a nice homecoming and was cheered by the people, so that mm-hmm. was good. Yeah, and she got a rosary from the Pope, and she did okay in France. And then was like, "I'm too exhausted to yeah, go she's to Britain. Like, I'm tired." And you know, it's funny how they were it. like, "She's not going to make it to Britain." It's like that wasn't on the itinerary anyway. Well, and the schedule anyway. That's because a little bit of the reading that I did was that she was supposed to go there, and then they kind of had a little bit of a snub on her so she's like well fuck you guys you're not i'm tired yeah i'm gonna go home anyway (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go home have a foot rub (laughs) after eva vita returned and rested she is set upon by che banderas and other peasants who are like hey shit hasn't changed for us like you said it would Mm -hmm. ava is like i'm going to start a foundation and things will be fixed Eva Vida then set out creating a charity to change the lives of the common people. From what it sounds like during the course of the song, it does sound like it, there was a mandatory tax of the people in order to get the funds to make these positive things. Because that, that's the yeah. Thing. yeah, and they talked about they said a lot of people said it should have been voluntary. Mm-hmm. But you just see people coming in. Basically, it sounds like the whole idea was they mandatorily taxed everybody. Then people got to come in write a wish down something that they wanted on a piece of paper and then they had the possibility the chance like a lottery Mm -hmm. of getting that thing to come true which is one of those things i want to look into later because i don't think that's i don't know that that's a hundred percent accurate because i don't think that would have gone over well in any government like in any uh group 
I don't. Mm. But I think that's also where it, p- it comes in with her is that she was incredibly charismatic. Yeah. So she could get that. And, that, and we see that 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 uh, plot in this repeated is that she's very charismatic. Yeah. She can get people to do what she wants. She can charm people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing. She was the voice of a nation. She yeah. was the image of a nation. She was the savior of a nation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, I mean, you just have to kind of take a look at the current political landscape True. to see how people will full on invest themselves mm-hmm. in, a, in a figure. Yeah. You know, no matter what, like yeah. no matter what is said, you know, they, True. they, they formulate their own, their own view of that person. I'm just not sure that the... Lo- I don't know if the lottery thing is real. Oh, like, no. Well, I mean... And, yeah. I mean, let's not focus on that too much, but... Like, I, I just... I, it's that whole thing, like, I know that I said don't focus on the history, but at the same time, I'll I'm tell like, you what. this is a fucking biopic. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you can go down the rabbit hole and study about that as much as you want, and then if you want to do a follow-up mm-hmm. uh, and fact-check And episode, if I need to do a fact-check and say, fuck you, Weber, then we can do there that. may be a fuck you, Weber coming up. I'm always down to say, fuck you, Weber. Mm-hmm. In fact, we haven't said it enough. Fuck you, Weber. Weber. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So some good things, it does look like that some good things were done with this uh, mandatory tax, like electricity mm-hmm. and running water for rural areas, delivering food and necessities to other areas. Like they show her handing out food to poor people mm-hmm. and like giving new pots and pans to people and, you know, stuff like that. And I see stuff like that and I think it's more PR than anything else because she's out there giving it. Like if you wanted to do that effectively, you mm-hmm. would just have it distributed you would just have tr- military trucks full of those things mm-hmm. park in a village okay here you go here you go here you go okay bye but they had they wanted to make these big spectacles of it she mm-hmm. had to be seen there doing it she had to be seen there engaged with people and that's where you know there's a there's, that's a lot of political power so some jerk from the cabinet is stealing money from Ava Vida's foundation. No bueno. That's that guy with that pencil mustache. He yes. Looked, he looked creepy. But that guy hasn't been caught yet. And he doesn't ever get caught. He totally gets away with stealing forever and ever. Yeah. Um, anyways, Ava Vida's philanthropy has made her more popular than ever. In turn, helped and has in turn helped her husband politically. She wants to be vice president, and the military and the other dicks in the room do not like the idea of a woman in power and criticize her to Perón. Perón reminds them all that she's the one out there doing the work for the people that they promised they would be doing, and that it is her energy that it, and, and that uh, it is her energy that is making this happen, even if her energy is fading and she is a dying star. Those are his words. Yeah. But she's the one who has kept us where we are. Perón says that to the people in the room and then leaves. And the rest of the dicks after Perón leaves say she's kept you where you are. And fun fact, because I did look this up, he knew before she knew that she was, that dying. She was dying of cancer. And he was trying to keep it a secret from her for as long as possible. So I, she did not know. I wonder if that was malicious or if he was trying to spare her. Because it's one of those things that it's like, especially in that time, cancer, I mean, cancer treatment wasn't she was probably was, non-existent. She was the first person in Argentina to get chemotherapy. Really? It was uh, cervical cancer. And they did... Oh! Yeah, they did a radical hysterectomy. And they thought it went away. And cervical cancer being cervical cancer, it came back with a vengeance. And so that was when she had the first round of chemotherapy. They tried a prefrontal prefrontal lobotomy on her because she was having anxiety and headaches and pain. And she was on pain medications 24 hours. This is a fun podcast about jokes. 
And you know what's also funny and about jokes? Hmm. Riots in the streets. Again, chaos and destruction. People are rioting and protesting, and people are being arrested. Protesters clash with the police and military, all while Ava Vita is getting blessed by a priest. But she, ah, 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 falls over as mm -hmm. she takes the body of Christ into her mouth. Che Band. <laughs> That's what that is. She took. I the, mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a perfectly accurate description. Had of his that. wafer on her tongue. Mm -hmm. Let it melt. Wafer thin. Uh, <laughs> che Banderas was in the protest that fought with the police and is bloodied. I guess we know why he was hurt in the earlier scene in the movie theater. Anyways, Che Banderas sees them carrying out Ava Vida and loading her into the ambulance. Ava Vida is rushed to the hospital where the scene fades to white and Ava Vida is in a dreamland dancing with Che Banderas, who is asking her, how can you call yourself our savior when those who oppose you are killed or arrested or just disappear? Ava Vida, Ava Vida then has a great line, better to win by admitting my sin than to lose with a halo. That's a fancy way of saying nice guys finish last. <laughs> Ava Vida wakes up from her dream, dream state and Peron is like, you're dying. Ava Vida is like, I'm not that sick. We all have our bad days. And Peron is like, no, really. The doctors say you're dying. <laughs> yeah. Ava uh, Vida. I do want to say that scene with Che Guevara, or with Che, Che Banderas. Which that uh, scene, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to say that that scene makes so much more sense to me mm -hmm. now that you were saying that he is yeah. the everyman. And that was the scene that made me go, okay, this is the best way to portray that because it is her talking with Argentina. He is the stand-in for the country. For the people, for the yeah. commoners, for the yeah. peasants. And what's great about that, too, is like in that scene, is that they are like face-to-face -face and they're dancing. Mm -hmm. They're dancing while they're arguing, basically. Yes. And it's like this really, uh, I don't know, it's just a good scene because there's like passion between the two of them but not like romantic passion yeah but it's it's it, well the passion that you get is because talk about that he's argent argentina is it's like the love for the land the love for the yeah. country the love for its people mm. but at the same time you know in that scene she is admitting that it's like yeah i and she does have uh lines in that song too where she's like yes i've played dirty because if you play fair you won't get anywhere she's yeah. like you 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 think a girl like me from the back streets could get anywhere mm -hmm. by being nice she's like yeah. no you know she's like maybe but the chances are slim she's yeah. like i got where i am by making my own way mm -hmm. and she taught yeah it's 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 there's a lot of good stuff in this you know yeah Ava Vida is taken home to her palace to be made comfortable while she dies. It's the sad. It's a sad scene, and we get lots of sad Ava Vida looking sickly and thinking about better days. Ava Vida is able to muster enough strength to give one last address to the people. She wants to tell the people of Argentina she's decided she should decline all the honors and titles the people have pressed her to take, for she's contented simply to let her she is contented simply let her go on as a woman who brings her peep her people to the heart of Peron. so basically she's just like saying take the love you have for me and give it to my husband because mm -hmm. he loves the country and cares they about the country they actually have the recording of her actual speech online somewhere oh, that you can listen to that's cool that's the actual like renunciation of i'm not going to be vice president speech that then she sings more of the uh, Don't Cry For Me Argentina song. Avida 
Eva Vida bids farewell to her people, and the scene changes to her funeral. And the movie has come full circle. We see scenes from all over Argentina, from small villages to dance halls, to meatpacking plants, to cantinas. Slow shuffling masses look sad as somber music plays, and many people hold a candlelight vigil to her. Wait, wait, wait. So we I was saw about to jump. And we were say. we saw the funeral, but now we're back to Ava Vida slowly dying in her bedroom. I'm uh I'm uh, confused about the show's sense of reality. Yeah. Okay, the light turned off in her room and everyone is crying. So now she's dead? Yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. We're back at the funeral scene with people around her casket. <laughs> Remember when I was talking about how the beginning of this is jumbled and the end of it is jumbled? Yeah, the, the solid, end is very the, jumbled. The, the middle is coherent. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know why. I don't know why their artistic decision was the, hey, you know what? Let's write these scenes and then we'll take the first half of the first, yeah. we'll, take the, we'll take the first third and we'll just throw the papers up in the air and then we'll shuffle them back together and that's how we'll record this. And with the last part, we'll just throw the papers up in the air, shuffle them back together, but we'll make sure to keep the middle, you know, a coherent A to Z point. I don't know who's more to blame for this, Parker, Weber, or Rice. I'm pretty sure it's Parker in this case. Can we just whip them all? I mean, right, uh, Rice only did the lyrics actually so maybe he's blameless at this ending part can we take the smallest lightest one of them and beat the other two with him is that a viable option let me see who's lighter and who's not <laughs> are they just old all old fat englishmen they are old all old white men um let me find out though anyways <laughs> che banderas is at the the final funeral scene he sings some more and then he gives uh, Ava Vida's casket a kiss before walking away. And it's so interesting because now I almost want, if we ever rewatch this show, uh -huh. I'm going to have a different perspective now watching because I kept wanting to watch uh, Che as a specific individual and then it just seemed weird how he was in all these different places doing all these different things uh huh and so it does make much more sense that he is the everyman he is supposed to be the spirit yes of argentina you yes. know more or less and so that that scene at the end where he he gives her you know it has that creepy glass panel where they try to preserve your body for as long as possible by yeah. pumping it full of preservatives yeah. because you know you are apparently you are your meat suit apparently so She's not, she's not in there anymore. Her spirit's gone. You know, whatever the electric, the electrochemical ghost that is her is no longer there. Yeah. But anyway, but so when he gives the, her casket a kiss, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Cause it's like, it, it has this, this tone of, even if you weren't perfect, you did do what you thought was right. You know, even if you could have done more is kind of, I don't know. That's kind of the way I got it is it's like, it was like, yeah, that's. At least how I interpret it. Yeah. But after he he does that, the he kind of walks away from her casket, and then the scene ends, and it's that's when it rolls credits. Yep. And the, so this show, and then they don't show her body getting removed from oh being stolen by yeah. Kay was telling me that her body went missing for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, let's see. It says in. BBC has the 20-year odyssey of Ava Perone's body. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, three years after Ava Perone's death, 60 years ago, her embalmed corpse disappeared, removed by the Argentinian military in the wake of the coup that de 
deposed her husband, President Juan Perón, and then went on a global odyssey for nearly two decades. Global odyssey? So it was just shipped different places? Yep. That's so weird. Oh my god. Oh my god, I just thought of the greatest sequel to this. No! Yes! No! Yes! (laughs) Warren! The second world tour, and it is her ghost, like, being in these places that her body got shipped to, and, like, singing songs, and, and, like... Seeing the strife in the land of the places that she's visiting and like... We are about to get cancelled in Argentina! And she's like, no, no, this is beautiful because they love her. So her spirit during this time is encouraging the spirits of other people to like be better and to better themselves and to help their fellow humans and stuff. And then it gets shipped somewhere else and like the cycle continues. And every time she shows up somewhere new, she's seeing the into the hearts of men and women and their hardships and and their hopes and their dreams and then she's reaching out and touching their spirits and helping them to to get through their struggles and their strifes i think that is a fucking brilliant idea except oh god am i going into love never dies yes you are (laughs) holy hell jesus christ oh god Avita. We apologize Avita to the people of Argentina. Avita 2 Ghostly World Tour. We apologize to everyone. <laughs> oh, God. I apologize for nothing except for eldritch beasts, beasts who still haunt people's nightmares. Yeah, yeah, I haven't slept well for like two weeks now. <laughs> I don't ever sleep well. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm haunted by my thoughts. Oh, God. But yeah, like, huh, I... I'm I'm a little torn on how I feel with this show. I uh, I'm going to wait for you to info dump on me everything that you've researched, but in just the spirit of the show what we watched, uh I I did like it. Yeah. I did like it and I didn't think I would like it. Um mm-hmm. I was very like you know it's funny we talk about like with the Jesus Christ Superstar very much has that that duality dynamic between, yeah. uh, you know, Antonio Banderas and Madonna's characters. Both of them did a great job acting. Like, uh-huh. like Madonna when she was playing, when she when her character was dying and going through that stuff. She like, did a good job. There. Like you're talking about that in her preparation for this role, she like really immersed herself mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I feel like it shows. I feel yeah. like that she uh, really, really did a good job yeah she really not i feel like she she gave it everything that she could yeah and i think that it was good i think that she should be proud of her performance absolutely and antonio banderas i get the feeling that that guy just oozes cool i get I, I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure that he tries really hard in everything he does but the guy is so cool he makes everything that he does look like it is the easiest thing in the world mm-hmm. just when he's dancing you know when he's singing when he's acting like he just is so cool. It's just anything he does, it's like, it could be the hardest thing, and he's just like, oh, no, I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they should, re- you know, he should be the spokesperson for Dos Equis because he is the most interesting. He should be the spokesperson for everything. Except, isn't he for, like, Flonase, and he does the voice of that bee or some shit? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I've never wanted to fuck a bee so much. I don't know. <laughs> Your look was worth that comment. Well, Warren, you know, according to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground, 
The bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. Yellow, black, yellow, black, yellow, black. Ooh, black and yellow, let's shake it up a little. Barry, breakfast is ready! What the fuck is that from? I'm B-movie scripting you. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm calling Alex. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I liked this show. Yeah. Um it 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 has lulled me into a false sense of security. Yeah. Because I never know what to expect from Weber because me I hate so much of his stuff. Yeah. I just well, I don't know. I guess maybe hate is too strong of a word. Mm-hmm. I do hate Starlight Express, and I do hate Love Never Dies. Yes. And I do hate the Cats remake. Mm-hmm. Everything else of his, I either like or I'm just, eh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one, as a standalone musical, if I could turn my brain off about the historical implications and the fact that there's a lot of inaccuracies that kind of verge on slightly misogynist. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I sit here and I just sort of go, how do I, how do I feel about this? I'm not, because sh- I like it as a musical, but whenever you take something from history, you gotta kind of be careful how you portray it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My biggest issues with this movie, and I, the reason, you know, historical inaccuracies aside, mm-hmm. um, any points that I would dock from this would be because of how jumbled the beginning and jumbled the end is, mm-hmm. and just how a lot of it I don't feel like musically flows. Like, there's a lot, no. you know, it's, it's Weber, there's a lot of, like, sharp, tone changes mm-hmm. kind of thing and i i think different types of music is fine i don't feel like it has to all be well what music existed at that time you he know he doesn't um, do the tone changes in the way that sondheim does it because sondheim tends to do it cleverly well and sondheim at least in the stuff that i've seen of his his tone changes seem to be more story based and it seems yeah. to be more like towards the halfway point it just flips you know yeah. like into the woods or uh uh Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, both of those, it's like, it's like, ah, da, 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 duh, like, and it just, boom. Yeah. Where Weber, he'll be like, he'll be like, flip, 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 yeah. flip, flip. Like, Weber, I just feel like he's just... He doesn't know how to pick a tone. I know he doesn't know how to pick a tone, and I don't feel like his pacing is as His pacing is terrible. <laughs> but... But, yeah, like... Wow, look at me, I can sound like an expert when I'm no, pretending. Because you're learning more, but, like, it's, it is one of those things where... Mm, it's hard for me being the type of person I am to separate the two because if you're going to base something on real life, it's why I'm really scared about the Michael Jackson and the I was not... Princess Die yeah. musicals because yeah. I'm kind of like... How are they going to fuck that up? Yeah, how are they going to... Because, like... I don't know as much about Princess Diana as I do about Michael Jackson, but Michael Jackson, I'm kind of like, that's a really complex person. Are you sure you're up for the task? It's Johnny Depp. No, he's not. Well, there's two Michael Jackson musicals coming out. What? 
One is the Michael Jackson's glove. The other one is a little bit more of a straightforward bio musical. Johnny Depp's is the glove one. And I I know that that's going to be hot hot trash. But the other one, I'm kind of like, okay, if you're playing it straightforward as a bio musical, what are you going to do about the latter half of that guy's life? Because uh, <laughs> there's some complex shit there. <laughs> it's like, uh, I, it's kind of like with this. It's like there's complex stuff with Ava that I'm going, I don't know if it was handled the way it, sh- it could have been. Because... <laughs> Uh, that's that's my issue, and it's why I'm a little scared about Hamilton, because I do like the music from it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I also remember Hamilton. We need to end the show now. Yes, we do. We need to end this episode. <laughs> um, are you ready to know what, uh, what we're doing next? No, because it's Weber. Well, actually... I got a text. Actually. I got a text, and uh, we are on parole. We cannot what? do what any dick jokes, that community <gasps> service that we did. We've got to be very careful for our next show. We're going to be doing Fun Home. It's not Weber. It's, it's, it's about Bestel and her life story. And if we succeed, then we only have to serve out one last part of our sentence. No dick jokes? But if we don't succeed, we have to do a fourth Weber show. No dick jokes? So we have to be careful. No dick jokes or summoning any eldritch beings. I mean, the ground has rumbled a little bit, but nothing more than that. And that could have been just an aftershock. I mean, yeah, there was a 2.0 in Magna, but when isn't there? We live on a fault line. Um, yeah. So no dick jokes. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a hard time with it too. How will I be funny then? I mean, you're you're a funny guy. We didn't have as many dick jokes in Black History Month, and you were still funny. I was mostly just keeping back my intense desire to yell at racists. True. True. We'll see. We'll see if we can do it. And if we can, then we only have to do Jeeves after that. If we can't, then we're probably going to be cursed with another Weber show, and I don't know what it will be. It will be mailed to us in a box with Gwyneth Paltrow's head. (laughs) Seven, the musical. (laughs) That would actually be an interesting musical. All right. Well, that's Sondheim. Frank Wildhorn could pull off seven. Huh? Probably could. Frank motherfucking Wildhorn yeah. could pull off seven. He probably could. Hey, Frank. 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 Hey, Frank, we know you're listening. We know that you're listening, Frank Wildhorn. I challenge you. Seven, the musical. He's like, I don't think I have the rights to that. Maybe I don't want to pay for them. <laughs> Just call it eight. <laughs> <laughs> call it the number before eight actually you could just call it sins the musical yeah and, yeah uh, not even seven yeah have you seen seven no i have not but i know the spoiler ending oh my gosh we've got to watch it i watched it in high school at high school 
<laughs> I had a cool teacher. <laughs> All right. So that'll be it for today. We've uh, revealed that we will get to cover Fun Home with hopefully no dick jokes. We'll see. I, I will. I will. I promise that I will try. Mm-hmm. You will have to remind me before we start watching it, though. Yes. Yes. I will. I will try to remind you. And hopefully I won't be the one to get us thrown in the one more Weber show after Jeeves. We'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. So. Fingers, toes, and eyes. Fingers, toes, heads, shoulders, knees, and toes crossed. And <laughs> eyes and ears. And, and our rears. Fingers and elbows. Be a pretzel. Make yourself into a pretzel for good luck. (laughs) All right. Alrighty. So, um, thank you all for listening. Sorry that this episode went a little bit long, um, and rambly and stuff. There's the sprinklers. Um, yeah. So we will, uh, be, uh, really, we do have our face masks out. Uh, it's on our T public, which is also tone deaf musical. And I linked to it, uh, on our Twitter, so check that, because it's sort of a, uh, you have to check the website to see if the masks are available, because they're really in demand, um, so just Why, check that. Why, is something back. going on? Never mind. Bad joke. <laughs> so, um, there's that, uh, check out our website, tonedeafmusical.com. Has links to all of our social medias, as well as the Cast Junkie Discord server, where Kay and I have a channel if you want to pop in and say hi and talk about random stuff. And yep. uh, you can also find out a bunch of great shows that you didn't know you needed over at the Cast Junkie Discord show uh, server. Yep. So uh, thank you all again for listening. That'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Death. Death.